Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Four seconds. No timeout from UMass. Fernandez for three to win it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, baby. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour. And yes, that is a basketball game you're listening to. And you may say, why? Why would I be listening to a basketball <laughs> game on a football podcast? Yeah. Because I am sitting next to Bobby Big Time, Ahmed Farid, on the call. You masters Rutgers hurt me. I always root for the New Jersey team. Oh. All right. You know, root for Rutgers. Sorry. But, dude, kind of natural. Like, you like the kinda, call. Kind of sounded good. Like, you really did. There were, Are you getting sound in your ear? Because I was, I don't know. If, oh, I am. There I go. There you go. I you wasn't go loud Fix enough. the IFBs, yeah, you know, get the microphone, work out the kinks early on It's here. Thanksgiving weekend, Monday. Yeah, make sure all the equipment still works yep. from the last few days. But no, yeah, that's a new thing. I was doing a little play-by-play last year. We right. had the A-10 uh, basketball, a lot of the games for the A-10. So yeah, it's kind of like a new, a new thing. It's all a right. different skill, different muscle. Yeah. You got to kind of go slower. You got to have gravitas on the big moment. Right. And then after I said UMass wins, I knew enough from watching, you know, Mike Tirico all these years to lay, to out, lay out, let, let the, the pictures scene, right. yeah, to do the talking. Right. And my dad, oh, when, you're he, an artist. when my dad saw that, he goes, what happened to your mic? He was like, I thought your mic stopped working. He was like, that was weird. You should have kept talking. <laughs> I was like, dad, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Leave it to dad to crap all over you. Right? That's what he does. That's what they go. Well, all right. So wait, I got another question before yeah. we hit on our uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. We're going to hit on every game of week 12. Great weekend. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Um, was, is it weird? You weren't there, right? No, we were. Yeah, correct. I was so in a you, booth in Connecticut. In Connecticut. And Corey Robinson called yeah, the game. Right. It's the only way I've called games because yeah. I just started last year. Oh, in so a booth you know no here. different right I now. I know no different. Right. It's just like, to me, that's how you do it. Do you do you find like it hard to create energy a little bit? Yes. When you're, you're sitting in a booth yeah. and like you don't feel the energy of the players or the fans. You almost, and I, and I kind of compare this to being on TV, you almost have to go over the top because there's something about TV that takes your personality down like three notches. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, it's like right. if you're just normal, like a normal person, yeah. like you are every day, yeah. a lot of times it can like you look like you're about yeah, to fall Yeah, you're like Debbie Downer yeah, on like, TV. What's wrong with it? Right. Why is this guy so right. sad? Right. That's why I'm good for TV because I'm a psycho. So it All just the translates. Time. They're like, he's a high energy guy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just psycho. It just it seems to go out like that way. Like you're always on a 12, <laughs> off camera, on camera, so it's just natural for you. Um, so yeah, no, it was fun. It was good. So cool. yeah, I hopefully got a few more games uh, of that. We had some some good finishes in uh, in our games, but uh, there were some blowouts as well. 
And a lot of really big games, you know, up and down the schedule for Week 12. I'm yeah. like, all right, well, that game means something. That game means something. That's what happens when you have, like, half the league that's at 500 or a game above or below is that all the games pretty much matter. But we're going to start with three games that mattered a little bit more than the rest of them. Uh, and we do that. We're going to do an early. Whoa, this is early. Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. Whoa. First time in podcast history. Actually, Pete said we might have done it before early like this, but I'm going to just say it's the first time because I don't remember that. I, I don't think it's – I think, I think okay. you're correct. This is the first time. So, man, you're, you're listening. A lot of pressure here right off the bat. Watching headlines. history. Woo! Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. So we go into the newsroom. we got three big <laughs> games we're going to do in this segment. We'll start with the Packers defeating the Rams 36-28. Your headline is? Well, it has to be something Hollywood-related, you right. know, movie movie that doesn't live up to the expectations. So box office bomb. That's where we're going with the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, of course, it, it, it is – talking about the Rams, you know, the star power they have and the duds they've been ever since they've acquired this star power. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? It really so they, is. They tweeted out, what was it, All In. All In. That that Teddy KGB, right? The beginning of November. We're, so all watching, yeah, we're All In. I bet <laughs> it all. It's another movie. You yeah. need to see this movie, okay? Yeah, I haven't seen this one. I, you're, I mean, you, you haven't seen any movie. You've yeah. seen nothing. Have, seen- you seen, have you seen Bambi? I'm sure I have. Okay. Scenes of it. Have we seen... What was, was the movie yesterday we were talking? Get Out? Get Up? Get Get, a, get Up? No, Get, get up. Out. Get, get Out. out. Yes. Right? I get was out. Like, I was like, I don't know Get Out. And you're like, yeah, well, that's okay not to know. And then someone's like, no, it's not. That one, like, picture of the year. Well, and so even that, I You need known. to see that. That's another okay. good one. It really is. Okay. Um, but but yes. I haven't seen it, but... But the Rams were all in. They weren't get out. They were... <laughs> yes, nor are they all in. Well, Teddy. honestly, they might have to get out now. It's like, what... We talked about this last night. Yeah. They've lost three in a row. I thought there was a chance they wouldn't lose three games all year. The way they looked early in the year, mm-hmm. and we'll get to Green Bay because I think it's a really solid win for them. No doubt. But it's almost kind of more interesting, this collapse by the Rams, because yeah. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Now, perhaps it's Matt Stafford being not healthy. He's not been on the injury report. Right. But, but Florio, and I know there was reports yesterday, to your point, that he wasn't like, he's not 100%. He right. is dealing with a few different things right now. Like, how bad uh, is this for the Rams right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, I'm going to say I'm a little concerned. Okay. Right, I'm a little, I mean, first off, hey, listen, it's hard to win a game when the other team has 10 yards and they have 10 points. You know, I mean, the game starts out by what we've seen with the Rams the last few games before the break. Them kind of messing things up early and putting a team in, in a power position before you even get warmed up or get in the flow of the football game. You know, of course, it starts off with Rashawn Gary. Again, the guy I'm going to say for the third time in 24 hours, the best defensive player on the Packers football team. He's been that all year long. He's been amazing. He gets the strip sack fumble. Not, that's not Matthew Stafford's fault. Uh, Whitworth uh, gets beat on the left edge next drive now I go into it's fourth and one on the 29 yard line you know so the Packers score a touchdown they're up seven nothing on a three play six yard drive now it's fourth and one on the 29 yard line and again I know it's aggressive you're never wrong if you're aggressive this day and age in the NFL aggressive 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 the game just started and our guys don't even have a sweat yet but we're being aggressive and they go for it on fourth and one on the 29 yard line I don't know I mean I don't love that I don't I understand that the Rams and they, you know, have a cockiness about them, but okay, you miss that. Adrian Amos makes a great tackle, and yeah, now you're down ten nothing on the road in Green Bay. 
I, it, it's hard to win when you're down 10 points, double digits in Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers era or the Brett Favre era. So, you know, I just look at it like, you know, mistakes, lack of big plays. I mean, to sum it all up, Stafford is off his game. He's been off his game, even on completions the last three, four games. Now, they did have a couple big plays. They did. Van no Jefferson, doubt. Odell Beckham right. got going, got right. in the end zone for the first time in a long time. So they did have a couple of those. Yes. But they had them in reverse, too. I think it was third straight game for Matt Stafford with a pick six. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the it's – Lack of consistency, I think, on that side of the ball right now. And lack of consistency with him throwing the football, even in accuracy. You know, there's still, last three games, a number of completions, Ahmed, to kind of your point is where it's like, you know, hey, you used to be a big fan of his. I mean, you still are. He was your quarterback <laughs> up at the Detroit you Lions. Used to. You want to check in to see if I'm still on the yeah, bandwagon. I want to see if you want to still I on still the bandwagon. Man. I, I do. I still have the man crush on him. Now, the past few years in Detroit, yeah. every year, it's like at some point, it's like, ah, he's back. You got a little he's tired. Back. He's right. back. Something, right. Something's up with right. his back or his ankle. You sure. know, he's been beat up he in his career. He's played through most of the injuries, yeah. but it does seem like there are always going to be points in the season where he's not 100%. And who knows? Maybe he won't be 100% the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe not. Either way, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with the way he throws the football or anything like that, and that just has to get better. There's not enough consistency throughout every game, like lately, ever since they went all in Teddy KG B style, you know, and you know it, it's twofold too because they look like they want to just be a passing football team. They don't look like they want to be the running team they were in the past. So if you're going to play that way, then yes, you know, execution. You can't make mistakes. Yeah, you can't fumble the football. Of course, you can't throw pick sixes. But I think it's like both sides of the ball. This conversation goes yes. to. Yeah, I mean, it's great that we saw OBJ get going. Um, that definitely was good. You talked about the Van Jefferson play, but. I'm still disappointed with the the defensive side of the ball as well. Excuse me. Yeah, because this is how it's supposed to be for the Rams, right? It's supposed to be like, all right, even if we don't have the greatest offense, which they haven't had when they went to the Super Bowl without a great offense. Exactly right. You don't need it. You got Aaron Donald. You got Jalen Ramsey. You got Von Miller now. And they were mostly absent in this game. That's what bothers me. That's what really does bother me more than anything is the absence of star players. Like, you got all these guys, you know. Hey, Aaron Donald, of course, is still a force and unbelievable. Is he the slam dunk best defensive player in football like he was the last five years in the league? No, he's not. He's not that guy anymore. He's still top three or four, but I don't think he's the game wrecker he once was. Von Miller, we don't, I mean, not much so far in his debut with the Rams. I mean, it's two games, and, you know, there's a few plays where I go, oh, he got some pressure, and that looked good, but there's nothing like that stands out. So there's that. And then, you know, my other concerns with the back end. Like, I know, I think they matched up Jalen Ramsey a few times yesterday and Devontae Adams, but, yeah, the Rams defense has taken a step back from where it was last year underneath Brandon Staley. It has. You know, they just give up too many big plays, uh, or they just can't get off the field like we saw yesterday. You know, that's where it was. It was just a lot of slow deaths. They lack size in the middle of their defense, and I feel like right now teams are getting into a a lot of third and threes every drive. It's what the 49ers did to them. You know, the Titans did that to them a little bit, and even the Packers yesterday where it was always third and manageable for the most part. And, you know, and of course they converted, I think, the Packers, what, two fourth down plays as well. Um, So they're not playing good, and they need to find a little new formula on both sides of the ball to kind of jumpstart the engine here. Yeah, and our Packers homies that are listening right now are like, come on. A lot of that was what the Packers did out there. And they continue to roll through their schedule, uh, even despite a a fractured toe or a COVID toe from Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Uh, He scampered for the first touchdown of the game. Running game was good. I mean, they're using A.J. Dillon. They're using Aaron Jones, some big plays with Devontae Adams. I mean, 
you, you talk about now finding weaknesses in a Rams team that we didn't think had weaknesses. I mean, right now, the Packers have fewer of them. No, they definitely do. At least they have a way of playing that they know fits them, and then they know how to execute that way of playing like precisely. You know, uh, run game. Like, first off, impressive by the O line. They're banged up. You know, they're not at a hundred percent. They protected well for the most part of the day. I felt like as the Rams started the game off trying to get pressure with four, it didn't seem like it got home. And as the game went on, they started to go, "Okay, I guess we got to bring five. We're not getting there." So, you know, way to go, Green Bay offensive line. Way to go like Matt LaFleur and Rodgers staying patient with the run once again and then to me like Rodgers has got the greatest feel maybe in the history of football of like how to see the big picture of the game you know when I look at it that way and of course I know Brady was amazing but Brady also had people in his ear to help him that way you know Peyton Manning was amazing that way too but Peyton was a little bit more no I'm just going to attack 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 Rodgers is like he plays it conservative until he feels like this is the moment now I gotta, I gotta put my toe on the edge a little bit, even mm. if it does have COVID <laughs> or it's broken. Yeah, and that's when that's where I respect him. You know, to they are like a little New Englandy right now, in my opinion. That's how I would say Green Bay plays football. Don't mess up. You don't score touchdowns. We execute. We stay on the field. We score a touchdown. Game seems even, but it's seven three us. You go down and kick a field goal. Feels even. It was a lot of work, but you got a field goal. Okay, it's 7-6. We go down on a 12-play, 75-yard drive, score a touchdown. Game seems even, but it's 14-6 us. That's, to me, the way they play. It's, it's, it's really effective. It really is, and you got to give them credit because they've, uh, they've seemed to have mastered it, really, for the most part. Yeah, they've won, what, 13 games each of Matt LaFleur's two years. They're I look at nine like, wins right, right now. They're going to maybe get there again, looks likely. I mean, I would think so. Yes, you're right. But the way the defense is playing, I mean, we're going to get Jair Alexander back, I think, at some point here soon, right, Pete? So that's going to be a big boost to their football team. The rookie Eric Stokes at the other, other corner position is phenomenal. And the biggest thing is Joe Barry. I mean, Joe Barry, the, the thing that stinks for Green Bay and company, he's doing so good that he's going to be in the head coaching conversation, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. Green Bay's defense went from being pretty good la- the last years to, wow, it's hard to get big plays and it's hard to score on them, and they don't ever seem to mess anything up on that side of the ball and uh, give him a lot of credit, give Joe Barry a lot of credit. And they made Sean McVay scream into his play sheet right. near the end of that game. He just like opened his mouth, screamed right into the play sheet. Like yeah. you don't like honestly, you don't see Sean McVay that you know frazzled. Yeah, frustrated. Like. He, right. was, he was frustrated. He yeah, positive after the game, right. saying you know they're going to keep going. That he's not obviously giving up on anything at this point, but he's having a hard time figuring out. This is a streak that that they haven't been in with you know this incarnation of the team. No, I think that's year. the thing. It's different. You know, in the years past, he's been able to go. Well, okay, wait, like. I'll manage the game a little differently then. Mm-hmm. We'll just run it in bootlegs, and my defense is so good that I can kind of play it that way. And I'll find a few trick screens and reverses, and that'll just give us enough big plays. Well, they're not that running team this year, you know, and, and I would like to see them get back to it a little bit. I really would. I think they're, they're, it's, he's too good of a play caller 
off of the run game to totally avoid it. But the defense isn't playing as good as in your past, like you're mm-hmm. like you're talking about. So I think he feels like he's got to push the issue a little bit with his offense. But yeah, they got to do some reorganizing there yeah. uh, in L.A. with how they approach the offensive side of the ball. And I think they got to find some different ways to do some things on the defensive side of the ball to be a hair more creative as well. Last thing on the Rams yeah. here, are they falling into a little bit of the Buffalo Bills trap here? I mean, they yeah. have no Cam Akers. Yeah, you know, offensive uh, line some question marks 100%. here. It's like they know they have to run, but yeah. maybe they don't have the ability to do that. Early right in now. the year, I feel like they were staying patient with it. Then Darrell Henderson got a little banged up, and I think they were worried about his health. And I feel like from that point on, I want to say it was like week three or four, where they kind of just said, "Okay, we don't know if we're going to be able to depend on the run game and Henderson being healthy and all that. Let's just we're a pass team. We got Matt Stafford; he's talented. Let's go from there." Um, but then there's got to be something like we always talk about that, you know, takes takes over for the run game. Then whether what's that going to be? You know, you expand the wide receivers, the wide receiver screen game. Then they got to do something there again to kind of you know make you defend the whole field. But yeah. uh, the Packers phenomenal. You know, that's all we can really say. Rodgers was on his game. I mean, really, I don't think he made one dicey decision the whole day yesterday. And when he needed to make a big play, whether it was to Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, you know, in in some moments where the game kind of got even, you always felt like, okay, can L.A. make a stop here and get this game close? And then it was, boom, big pass play to Randall Cobb. Oh, and next drive. Okay, ooh, Rams are hanging in there. Can they make it close? Oh, boom, big pass play to Devontae Adams. They go down and score again. You just never got the feel that the Rams really had control of the momentum of the football game, in my opinion. Green Bay Packers are maybe who we thought they were. They were rolling. They're better than I thought they were. They are better. They are better. They are better. They are better. Yeah. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year. They were the best. They were the best. And in their game, this might have been one of their more impressive games. Down. Great. Came back and won. We haven't seen them do that a whole lot this year. They come back and beat the Colts. Good second half for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-31, to 31, the final score. Your headline for this game is? Well, this is an Ahmed Fareed special right oh, here. This is on me. This is you because you did it last night, and yeah. i got to give you credit, and I like it, so yes. go with it. And I just went four net, the number four, right? <laughs> and me, I did that along with every other headline writer in America. I don't, so I don't know. Feel like I don't it's know. That original. I watched a few shows yesterday. And they didn't, didn't do see, it? I didn't see Maybe because they, 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 they It's next it was, level. It it's so <laughs> obvious. It's like, I they don't go, know. It's too obvious. Let's not do it. They go, Ahmed has no shame. He will continue to do it. Um, so four touchdowns for Leonard Fournette. Well, I think the coolest thing about this, too, and I know it's you know a lot of other things. This is a talented team. And Leonard Fournette is one piece that makes it go. But this was his day to shine. Yeah. And at halftime, he was in the locker room, according to a lot of his teammates, imploring the team to get going. They were down by, what, 10 at halftime to yeah. the Colts. Right. And he's like, we're a special team. We need to show it. And if you would have asked me, like, who's a leader on that team? Who's a vocal leader? And I'm right. sure they have a lot of them. Right. I don't know that I would say that, you know, a couple years ago that Leonard Fournette would be that for a Super yeah. Bowl contending team. Right. But I think that's cool. So his performance on the field, his performance off the field, because he, he, he looks like a, a pretty strong force when he gets going. He does. I mean, he's, he's a locomotive. And, you know, I think that's the good thing about the Tampa team. They got a lot of, like, you know, lightning rod personalities who love football, too. It's not just like me, 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 me. It's yeah. like, yeah, I like me, but I like me winning with the team more. And I think that's what's kind of cool about them. And even, you know, there's just a confidence about their football team. And, and listen – I, they were on the ropes as as much as any team I saw yesterday. The game was twenty four to fourteen. The Colts were outplaying them. 
You know, they go into the half, right? The, the Colts scored a touchdown right before the half. Uh, Carson Wentz and company have the fourth down, sprint right option. He throws mm-hmm. a great throw in the yeah. front edge. You didn't like that play. I hate that fucking play. I hate that fucking play. Oh, my God. Let's let's cut off the field and just give our quarterback basically one option to fit it into a, like a tight window. And I understand, like, people will go, well, it worked. And I want to go, yeah, but I can show you – Six other times it didn't work yesterday. Well, like the previous play. Or the previous play, it did not work, and he could have thrown an interception. Right. So I'm just not a big fan of that play. I'm not. I'm never a fan of the... That play on fourth and got to have it or the fullback dive up the middle. Let's give it to the guy who never gets it on the biggest play of the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah, okay, and he's two feet from the line of scrimmage and he can't get any momentum and he just falls in a pile. Like that to me is the second dumbest fourth and short call. But either way, the Colts, I mean, had them on the ropes. 24-14. Come out the second drive, executing, going down the field, and this is where... The Buccaneers are dangerous. This is where, you know, you can out execute them and and really, you know, outplay them to a degree, but their Jimmys and their Joes overcome your X's and your O's. I mean, that's where they're just and Shaquille Barrett makes a strip sack fumble on Carson Wentz and they're in field goal range on first and ten, I think around the twenty yard line, going in. Game was never the same. Game was never the same. From that point on, the Buccaneers kind of took over, had the momentum. Not that I want to sit here and tell you that I thought they were going to win 100%, but I don't know. You were watching, mm-hmm. and I feel like when they made it 24-21, and now the next drive, Carson Wentz throws the interception on the post route mm-hmm. to Michael Pittman Jr. Winfield makes that great play. Great play. I think, I think we all in the room were like, well, the Bucs are going to win. Yeah, uh, that, that to me, it is, they have that about them. It's like once they get rolling, watch the fuck out. You're not going to stop them. Colts muffed a punt. Then after that, yes. short field for, for Tampa. So now that we're kind of going through it, yeah. did Indy just throw this game away? Well, a little bit. They, they <laughs> outplayed. They were the better team on the field yesterday. Yeah. They did, but they just did not take advantage of their opportunities. Now, you know, it, this is a Colts thing, though. We've seen this. You know, we saw it in the Titans game a few weeks ago. We saw a Ravens game on Monday night where they kind of dominated and lost in overtime. So, yeah, they're, they're one of those teams that's got to find a way in some of these key moments like, when you got a team down or you got your foot on your on their throat, uh, you know you got to press a little harder and cut off the oxygen so they die. Let's put a button on that <laughs> running back comparison. What did a you say right there? What did you say? <laughs> you got to put you got to put your foot on their throat a little harder and cut off the oxygen so they we die. Need to be more graphic. Yeah, yeah. We're not too. Uh, we're, Christmas is coming up. All the graphic uh, innuendos. Uh, so uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Here's the graphic. Yeah. On, you know Jonathan Taylor, of course, had that huge day the week before. Uh, really got most of these 83 yards on one drive. It was his touchdown drive where he punched it in with a four-yard touchdown. Yes. Per next-gen stats, Taylor faced eight or more in the box, 50% of his runs. Right. So the Buccaneers were trying to stop Jonathan Taylor, so that could explain part of it. Fournette did not face that on any of his 17 carries in 100 yards. But Frank Reich is getting a lot of pushback from Colts fans out there. You saw the one fan in the stands that had the hat yeah. said, run the damn right. ball. Right. I was like, what do you make? Have that made up at halftime? Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, it's a thing because it's a thing. I mean, listen, this is. So they were mad that I, mean, they I, I wanted want to, to take ride. credit for that. I mean, I feel like I was saying this five yes. weeks ago a All little right. bit. But so, yes. So previously, yeah. they had a case. Yeah. Did they have a case in this game? They no, should have ran it more. They took the right approach. Mm. They took the right approach yesterday. You know, they weren't going to be able to run the ball with success. And right now, the weakness of the Buccaneers is their pass defense, their secondary. You know, they move the ball pretty much at will on the Bucs throughout the day as far as in the pass game. 
you know, I know the Bucks made a few plays here and there, certainly, but like never where you felt like they were smothered, even on the interception to the post route to Michael Pittman Jr. It's one-on-one. It's a 6-3 wide receiver against a 5-10 safety. You take that shot. That's not like, oh, that's defensive dominance. They've smothered their offense, right? It's not. It's just a, another Jimmy and the Joe overcoming the X's and the O, the good play call and design. And that's what's scary about the Bucks. But, yeah, I do look at it a little bit more as the Colts outplayed them and – I don't want to say blew the game, but just didn't take their advantages to kind of really put the Bucks in a tough spot to go, whoa, you know, can you really come back from 31 to 14 on the road halfway through the third quarter? Right. They had a chance to do that. They didn't. And, you know, the Bucks. so I have no problem with them not running the ball, the Colts. That's the first thing. Yeah. The run game stats are a little misleading on both sides. They really are. You know, even Fournette, with, I know he had the four touchdowns, 100 yards. He had 47 of them in the last drive of the game, too where they got like the Colts a little bit in like, hey, we're yeah, they're worried about letting up the big pass play and losing the game that way, and they gashed them. Um, so that jumped, like, if they can stay a little more patient with the run and continue to, not more patient, but just do what they do there, it's going to open up their big pass plays. And the other thing that, to me, just makes a difference over the last two weeks, and I think we all see it, is Rob Gronkowski. I mean, yes. Rob Gronkowski, when you add him to Godwin and Evans – and now you got Miller back, Scotty Miller, who got a big pass interference call that helped him go down and get a touchdown in the third quarter. You know, they just become very tough to defend everything that they have to offer. And then when they run the ball a little bit, then it's, oh, no, linebackers get sucked up. There's Gronkowski running down the seam for a 30-yard gain. And that's when the Bucks are really tough to beat. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski, 123 yards. Uh, for the 32-year-old who was sucking oxygen on the sideline. He was, I was like, you're right? not that old. I was like, come on, Gronk. You're not that Although you are big, lumbering around, but he was sucking a lot of oxygen. So, yeah, I mean, that, that makes Tampa even more dangerous. You got a, a, a running game that's clicking. You got Rob Gronkowski. A lot of things rolling for Tampa yeah. Bay. If they can stay, if they can get, you know, Sean Murphy bunting, who's just coming back, who's okay. just been back. He's not playing his best yet. You know, I know Jamel Dean got hurt yesterday, and I don't think he came back. You know, and I think Carlton Davis is about to come back here sometime. I think he started practicing last week. When they get them back, I think you're going to see teams be smothered a little bit more to the way we were talking on the defensive side of the ball, uh, where you know it could be scary against that Bucks D. A team that we thought was going to have a smothering defense this year, and I think has for the most part, the San Francisco 49ers get a win between two 5-5 five and five teams. Talk about a crucial game for a couple of bubble playoff teams. It was the winner of this game was going to be in a good spot. The loser is going to have more work to do. 49ers are the winner, 34-26 to 26 over Minnesota. Your headline for this one is? Not your average Debo, <laughs> which is also gives you a lot. i got to give you a lot of credit there, too. Because yeah. well, anytime we've had the Bengals, we have our running joke of not your average Joe. Yeah, we, anytime we have We that. used it on our Peacock show for the my first time on that show. Yes. And right. I was like, I'm not going to let this show go by without Well, Debo is such a common name, so not your average Debo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah uh, he is very uncommon uh, on the field. And he, he was part of a 49ers rushing attack that continues to get better and better and better here uh-huh. three weeks in a row. Uh, it's insane when you look at the numbers here. It's been season highs for the 49ers rushing attack, um, back-to-back-to-back games. They were over 200 in this one. You see 208 on 39 carries. I mean, Kyle is just like, he's like, this is what we're going to do. It was like he was on the hot seat. 
lot of 49er fans being like, what happened to, to Kyle, the genius play caller? Right. And now he's saying, screw you, I'm, we're going to do what we do best. And they're, they're running over anyone. They're, they're running Better watch out. Watch out. The, I, you know, I look at the standings in the NFC right now, and I look at the top six teams, and you know, let me just pull them up real quick. I know I said this to you last night, so this is no groundbreaking thing. Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas, the Rams, San Francisco, in my opinion, can all win the Super Bowl in the NFC. you got, you got six teams that legitimately, to me, I have very limited questions about. In fact, out of those six teams right now, I think I'd maybe question the Rams and Dallas' defense more than anything out of everything there. But you better watch out for the San Francisco 49ers because they got it rolling. You said it. Their defense maybe not like dominant 2019 Super Bowl defense, but still really good. We're seeing them make plays on that side of the ball. And the Shanahan magic, has, it's, it's watch out. I mean, the fighting Shanahans are back as far as the creativity in the run game. It really started about five weeks ago against the Bears on the road where we started to see it get going. They lost the next week to Arizona because they got down a little early and they had to abandon the run a little bit. It was a weird game. You know, but after that, it's been domination on the run game. You know, and again, I think Shanahan, yes, the way he's using Debo Samuel is really special. You know, that, you know, we talked about Kittle being healthy. And then to me, here's, the, here's really the big story is Ayuk has become like a legitimate playmaker. Wait, we got to have a little plan for this guy because if we let him just catch the ball 20 yards in the middle of the field, it's going to be a 40 yard game. You know, he has really like upped his game the last few weeks with yeah. catches, yards after the catch, some reverses and speed sweeps himself. And um, to me, yeah, Shanahan's got a little formula right now that's going to be very tough yeah. to defend. It was almost like he was in a doghouse, Ayuk, there in the beginning of the I year. I think he was. I, I think exactly he was. I think there was happened. some stuff in training camp. I think he didn't, I, I don't know what it was, but I know there was talk of it just wasn't going what, the way they wanted. Yeah. You know, and he probably wasn't performing as well, probably messed up some mental and physical things. And, you know, with a guy like Shanahan, not to say he's Belichick, but if he doesn't trust you and you're not in the trust tree, uh, yeah, he's going to make you earn that back before he just throws you back out there again. He trusts Debo. He's the third player in NFL history with 1,000 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rush touchdowns in it's the amazing. same season. You got Marshall Falk did it in 99, Roger Craig in 1985, a hybrid player, just as much running back as he is wide receiver. Uh, but Well, so wait, this is what they do to you, okay. too. Sorry, I didn't mean to t- no, cut no, you no. off. But like when the, inspiration comes, go the to X's it. and O's to me are, are a little special here because, of course, he's a wide receiver and he's an elite receiver, right? Yes. So you got him and Ayuk on the field, and you think, wait, okay, it's you know, it's and then Kittle's on the field, and they have Wilson at tailback, and they might have Usechek at fullback, and you go, oh, okay, they're gonna you know get in some normal formations here and throw the ball. It's gonna be twenty-one personnel. But what happens is it doesn't. It becomes. Let me see if I can figure this out. Thir- uh, it becomes 31 personnel. Yeah, uh, It does. That's what happens because now they put Debo at tailback. They have Jeff Wilson you know, on the edge as like an H-back who's kind of playing fullback along with check. And, of course, you got Kittle as the one tight end. So now you're, wait, wait, we got in like a base defense, but now they're kind of like in a heavy run set personnel offense, and they can block us here. And on top of that, even with their 21 or their 31 personnel we're talking about, it's a very fast 21 personnel. 
I mean, it's real speed all across the field to where teams don't really want to play base defense against the 49ers. They want to play nickel because they're like, man, they're just there's a little too much speed in these big sets, and he really compromises you there. And to me, that's where he's giving them the schematical advantage. My bad for talking. No, 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 no. that's good. A couple questions uh, from yeah. the homies on the 49ers on Elijah Mitchell here. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin Bust You says, what's up, homies? Can we talk about Elijah Mitchell for just a second here? We can do it for more than a second. Yeah. Uh, just 15 yards behind Najee Harris for the most rush yards by a rookie, despite playing three fewer games. So, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, uh, sixth-round pick yeah, out of tech. Louisiana. We talked, I mean, yeah, Louisiana. We Louisiana talked about tech. him a little bit. That's Louisiana the, Tech. Little, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's not. Louisiana's a different school. It's just UL. UL. UL, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah it's like La you think, Tech. And it's like La Tech, LSU. Like, no, no, no. Neither of those. Right. We're going Sun Belt. Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he's going under the radar, kind of like the same reason maybe people aren't giving Mac Jones the credit. Because, sure. like, oh, perfect situation. Yeah. You got the Patriots offense around you. Right. I feel like people are saying that about Elijah Mitchell. Perfect situation, which it is. Kyle Shanahan run scheme. Um, but is a lot of it him, too? Well, he's, he's taking advantage of what's there. That's the one thing. Like, the one thing I like about him is, you know, yes, he's get you a little more than what's there. Yeah. But he's got very good vision. And he's got a vision and a power and explosiveness combination, like an explosiveness to where it's not going to be 60-yard touchdowns, but pretty good acceleration through the line to where a lot of good, impressive 10 and 15 yards where he's just like, whoa, that was a blur going through the line. And, you know, he's big and strong enough, too, to get tough yards. Oh, wait, there's a linebacker. He can run through the arm tackle or take him on shoulder to shoulder and still drive the pile forward. So he does deserve a lot of credit. Am I going to sit here and tell you I think he's Najee Harris? No. He's not Najee Harris. He's not. He's not. I'm not going to say he's as talented as him, but he's very good. And then you add that to like what you talk about: a genius in the run game, one of the better offensive lines in football, and like a a coach who knows how to tie plays together to where you don't know. Wait, is this the run? Is this the play action pass? Is the is this the fake the run? Fake the play action pass screenplay. You don't know what the fuck's coming from Shanahan right now, and he will fuck you over in a hurry. And that's how I'll end that segment right there. Yeah, I think when he was out, they did struggle to run the ball a little bit more. And, they did. and clearly, Shanahan likes him better. It all than came Trey back Sermon. at the same time. Kittle got healthy then. Yes, Trent Wilson came back, and Trent Williams got healthy. Yes, Ayuk wasn't popping yet. Yeah, to me, it's really like to your point. Yes, they were struggling without him. But, like, the stars aligned for the it. whole offense to kind of get them going again. One more thing on the 49ers yeah. here. I feel bad we haven't talked about the Vikings that much. That's but Jimmy right. Garoppolo, uh, we got a question on him. Derek Weatherford said, did the 49ers struggle earlier in the season because Kyle thought Jimmy had taken the next step and put a lot more of the offense on his shoulders? Oh, I, I don't it's, – it's a good question. You know, they just – I would say early in the year, you know, they played some good defenses – Mm-hmm. They just seem to not be able to find their rhythm running the football. Uh, I, I don't know if it was necessarily that. I don't. I think it was more, I think, the injuries on the offensive side of the Same ball. Same type of thing. And yeah. that type of issue there where, yes, we just saw not the dominant run game, which then had to put a little bit more on Jimmy Garoppolo's plate. And not that he did bad, um, really. I mean, he played great in a Green Bay loss on, on a Sunday night game. You know, the Seattle Seahawks game, they lose the next week, but he got hurt in that football game. So, you know, he went through a little spot of battling through injury and not being 100% himself. But, man, the 49ers, the D, you know, the run game, Garoppolo has been good. I mean, he's been very consistent. You talk about the tight end and the two receivers. 
I mean, I, that's why I just say watch out. And, and, you know, Minnesota, again, I give them a lot of respect. I do. I never felt like yesterday watching that game that they were in the same class as the 49ers. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful that way. Which is not if you think the 49ers are a potential Super Bowl winning team. I, I felt like they, the 49ers were this close to blowing the game out about three different times. Of yeah. course, Garoppolo threw a bad interception early that gave them the, the Vikings a short field touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, Then, really after that, the Vikings only put two drives together the rest of the game. We have the kickoff return. You know, but that's what the Vikings are a little bit. They kind of like disappear for a while, and then all of a sudden it's like Justin Jefferson, 40 yards, Dalvin Cook, 20 yards, Adam Thielen, 25-yard touchdown, three-play, 85-yard drive, we're back. Right. Uh, and to me it's hard to, to, to play and win consistently week in, week out when, when you're that type of offense. And the 49ers, the opposite. They had a 15-play, 85-yard drive in this what? game. Had, what, a 20-play 20 drive play last week? a field week. goal against the Jaguars, right. Got to keep our eye on Debo. He yeah. went out with a groin injury. Oh, that'll did be not huge come back in, can. although he was in the sidelines, did seem to be in a good mood. Right, if right. I'm going to be That's perceptive and look at the personality right. of a right. player. Uh, Delvin Cook left the game. He did not seem to be in a good mood. Uh, shoulder dislocation. We'll see if any damage was Man. done with that. And so yeah. they would lose definitely a t- one of the top running backs. And Madison can, he can carry play. some of the load, yeah. but uh, that would be a big blow uh, for either team, obviously. And that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. For the first time ever at the top of the show. Boom. I'm going to say that. Yeah. I think it's a lie, but like we're it. just going to go with it's it real. at this point. You could have put this game at the top of the show, too. Yeah. Actually, the next two we're about to talk about. Patriots defeat the Titans 36-13 to in a game where Tennessee did not have Derrick Henry and still ran for 270 yards. Yeah. They could not throw the ball. 93 yards. I think the Patriots and Matt Judon had a lot to do with that. Uh, Patriots right now, are they the best team in the AFC? Mm, yes, they are. For my money, yes. I'm, I, I don't look at any team in the AFC right now. I, I just look at every team there and I go, okay, well, if they were playing New England this week, who would I take? And I, I look at the list and just go, I think I would take New England almost across the I, – I would against everybody. I do. You know, I, I got respect for Baltimore. I understand that. And Tennessee, you know, but I look at the Chiefs who – the Chiefs are the team I'm, I'm going to say right now I think are in the conversation for the second best team in the AFC, even though it's not the prettiest. Mm. There's still a lot of positive there. But, yeah, I think when you take everything that New England has to offer – uh, I am. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna stay there. The, the best team in the AFC. I've been saying that for the last two weeks. They're definitely the most consistent team, and I think they are the best team. All right. So where does that leave Tennessee now? Obviously, all banged up. Yeah. Derrick Henry out. Could come back for the playoffs. Maybe last week of the regular season. AJ Brown dinged up. You know, it Man. seems like when he gets back healthy, he goes right back out. Same yeah. thing for Julio. Seems yeah. like when he's getting close, he goes back out. And so it's just a. You don't. You have no weapons if you're. you're they got to get them right. They, they got to get, they gotta get them back. Right. And the, the problem for them is, well, here's the the problem is I don't know that they will get them back fully until the playoffs start. You know, who knows here over the next month? The good news is, is they've built up some wins to give them a little bit of a cushion. 100%. Here. 100%. Listen, they're, they're, I, whether they come back in the next month or not, like the Tennessee Titans are a playoff football team. I know that. But they can't go to the Super Bowl unless Julio Jones and A.J. Brown get back. That's where I would kind of draw the line in the sand and go, that's the difference. Yes, in the playoffs without them – could maybe win a game or two, still be dangerous, sure. But go to the Super Bowl and win it, they got to have them. 
They got to. They're not going to run through the AFC, you know, with the current state of the formula we're watching right now. I think the shock of the game was the fact that they ran the ball that way. Right. And gashed New England, who, I mean, the last few weeks, I got a lot of respect for their run defense. I'm going to be excited to watch that on film and kind of break it down. Lee Dale UK wonders if you're worried about that, if that's like a worrying sign. Even though the Patriots won this game, the way that the Titans ran on them, is that something you worry about? No. I, you know, to me, like, all right, there's two things at play there that I think jump out in my mind. One... Excuse me as I burp. Yeah, you did right into the microphone, right in the mic too. too. Sorry, okay. excuse me to everybody out when, there. Uh, when I'm choking on my energy drink, I try, to turn lean away. Away. I try right. to lean away. I know. I tried to like just hold it in and swallow it, and it still came out. <laughs> so didn't It work. was like a reverse one. It, it was. was. like It maybe came out, but in your body. And then it like came body, out of my then, nose a little bit. Came, you know what came I mean? Out your nose. Right. It found a way. Hey, right. the only way is through your only nose. The only way is through your nose, presented by Under Armour. Chris Sims burps. <laughs> Cheers. Good morning. Something um, tells me they're not going to use that for the next ad campaign. Um, okay. <laughs> it kind of works. I, by uh, the way, I have no idea what we were talking no, about No, no. We're talking about the question from, are you concerned Lee about? Dale UK, yes. And I want to say there's two things I think at play here. One is, I, I, I want to say I'm going to watch some of these big runs and go, yeah. Bill, the Belichicks and company, we're playing to stop something else. Hmm. Playing the, okay, so what if they run for four yards on us right here? We're not, I, I'm more worried about them play action, 20-yard crossing route. We're going to try to stop that when they get in these formations. So I, that's what I do want to see. Was New England maybe overplaying the play action pass or the right. pass game a little bit to stop that? I think the other thing is, hey, Vrabel has great understanding of that defense and understands, you know, I'm sure he told Todd Downing some things that Bill doesn't like in certain sets or formations that he doesn't like to defend in the running game. So I'm sure he can find a few clues that way too. But I would have a hard time thinking if they played them again that that would happen. I would. Um, And I think the encouraging thing is, okay, so they do that. They didn't really capitalize Tennessee with all those yards. And they were absolutely shut down in the pass game. So, hey, cool, yeah, we got 200 yards rushing, but we got 93 passing and an interception and a lot of ugly moments where, yeah, we got off the field on third downs because we couldn't get anything going that way. A little bit of a misleading score in 36-13, to 13, but I think scary in the fact that New England can maybe not play their best game on defense yeah. and and not run the ball all that well, and they still can put a whooping on you. To me, that's more like... Yes. Watch out, everybody in the AFC. Watch out, everybody in the NFL. That, that's, to me, what that's, that win was yesterday. B-plus game by the Patriots. They win by 23, and they're the hottest team in football right now. Uh, yes, that's where I go back to my old saying of it seems like 2001 all over again. Yeah, it, it was like the off. You didn't see that many big plays by the offense. Kendrick Bourne down the sideline, the 41-yard touchdown. Great run after the catch. Yeah. But, they were always in field goal range. It's like all their possessions. Here they are. Touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, missed field goal. So they're in field goal yeah, range. Right. Then a punt and then a touchdown, field goal, touchdown, end of game. And so it's like they're, they're not huge plays, but they're in scoring position almost all game. They were put there by some turnovers yep. uh, by the defense. So right. maybe they were okay letting them run you know, 70 yards downfield if they could pop the ball out like they did J.C. Jackson one time. Five fumbles forced. I think they recovered three of them, did the Patriots. But, man, Mac Jones, efficient once again, 310 yards, career high. He was a perfect 11 for 11 on the play action pass. So even without a huge running game, still able to use play action effectively. Yeah. And Neil Moe 2010 says, right. victory lap for Chris, please. 
I'm giving him his flowers while he can still smell them. My guy said Mac Jones was the most NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. They laughed at him. Who's laughing now? Thank you. I appreciate that. I got to have somebody have my back every now and then. So good. I'm glad to hear that. And thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I don't know if he's going to end up being the best one. Um, but damn, is he good. And damn, I don't see it going downward at any point. That's yeah. the thing, too. I mean, and he even missed a pass. He had missed Hunter a touchdown, Henry, right? That was open, a touchdown pass, right? He missed it, certainly. I mean, that, that was probably his most egregious miss of the day. But again, I think it goes back to like, see, this is where they're getting scary. You know, it's, it's every week now, you know, you see a handful of explosive pass plays and go, wow. You know, the, the, two weeks ago when they played the Falcons, he left some plays and some passes on the field. I don't know if he just went, wait, it's the Falcons. I'm going to be conservative. Maybe they told him to be that way. But he kind of dropped back a few times. He just got the ball out of his hand. And, I, you know, I was watching film going, damn, he had a 20-yard completion there. I don't know why he was so quick to get that out. Y- yesterday I felt like he was looking to strike. And he made a number of big throws. And you can just see the whole offense there in New England has a mojo about them. You know, it's, I feel like everybody stopped thinking finally. They, only, they all got a grasp of the playbook, what's expected of them. You know, you're seeing Jonu Smith pop out. The receivers all pop. And, of course, he's playing really well. Um, but the game still, I want to make sure everybody knows this. It wasn't really 36-13. to 13. It really wasn't. It was the typical, you know, New England doesn't mess up. You mess up a lot. Hey, we had, it was 10-6. to 6. Tannehill missed a wide open, probably was going to be a touchdown pass. If not, it's going to put them down at like the four or five yard line. They missed the field goal. You know, we're at 19-13. Deontay Foreman breaks a big run, and you're going, well, okay, this is going to be a fun game. J.C. Jackson runs him down, strips the ball out of his hand, right? It's 26-13, and the Titans are driving down, and of course they're on the goal line, and... Typical New England. It's just hard to fucking get in the end zone against them. And they get an interception on fourth and goal from the one-yard line. You know, so, again, I think the game is a little bit misleading, but still encouraging, really for both teams, but more for, for the Patriots. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Big win for the Patriots, big win for the rookie quarterback who looks very confident, and perhaps no rookie quarterback looked more confident last year than Joe Burrow. And he looked confident after his game, talking about beating the Patriots or the uh, Steelers, excuse me, twice in the same season. First time that the Bengals have done that since 2009. Bengals defeat the Steelers. I mean, they didn't just defeat. I mean, they defeated, defeated. defeated You're being nicing. I'm being nicing. I'm nicing (laughs) nicing on them right now. Uh, It it was they slaughtered them to get graphic. They stepped on their throat. If we really want to do that, cut off the oxygen to their brain, and they died. They died. They They strangled them. Right. What if we just become the most graphic football podcast out there? I like it. For for as wussified as the NFL is getting right now, with nothing the passer calls. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like how many times? Yesterday, I saw four roughing the passer, and I like to call them nothing the passer. This is something I've started with Florio. I like it. And uh, I know there's a few NFL people that think it's perfect. I've gotten some good texts from some yes, friends. It is but, perfect. I mean, there was like four horrible, five horrible calls yesterday, whereas, yeah, it's like you kissed the quarterback and 
we're throwing a penalty, mm-hmm. and I hate that. So maybe we need to be graphic to toughen things up. That's what I was. My if point you kiss the quarterback and it was Ben Roethlisberger right now, he might fall down and throw an interception because that was a bad game for him. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like this is one of those where you you almost get the feeling like this can. You know, not turn the season because I think both these teams are who they are. But for the Bengals, man, how much confidence do you get by beating up this defense who right. had Minka Fitzpatrick back, who had T.J. Watt back in there? You score 41. And for the Steelers, you just feel like, uh, uh, where do we go from here? Let's start with the Bengals, though. Let because, me just say this with okay. the Steelers. It's over. It's okay. over. Well, let's okay. Hold on. There let's we go. Is that the, good enough for let's you? Let's start with the Steelers. Now let's, then. All right. Yeah. No, because I think that's it. It's uh, this is it. It's, it's it. over. It's over. Like it's all over. Like Ben, the era of Ben. It's like done. It's, to, to me, it's it over. is because their only chance was their defense playing at a Super Bowl level and keeping them in this. It's it's they're, they're falling apart. Their defense. They're falling apart. We saw little tidbits of this throughout the year, but here the last four weeks, I mean, it's it, it couldn't be more underwhelming. I think the first time I went, uh uh-oh, was the second half of the Seattle Seahawks game on Sunday Night Football, I believe, where they couldn't stop Seattle running the football. Alex Collins and company and Geno Smith, they were going up and down the field on Pittsburgh. And that was the first time I went, man, you know, what's the deal with Pittsburgh here? But we're we're seeing them completely fall apart here now to where I go that and – you still can't run the ball all that well. And, of course, your pass game's just not good enough to rely on. No, it's over. They got the Ravens, the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens down the stretch. There's no way. All right? I will get down on this podcast mm-hmm. and kiss your feet okay. if the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs. Okay? All right. There you go. I'm all saying right. you that right that now. You got that, Pete? You got that, Pete? Kiss your feet. With your shoes like, Why would I even want that? Well, like, I would like, let's do something that I'd actually want. Like okay, kiss my curries. Kiss my say. curries, presented yeah. by Under Armour. <laughs> the only way is through. Yes, your nose. Um, <laughs> uh, so Mike Hilton's happy that he switched teams. Perfect time, right? He goes from right. the Steelers for uh, all those years over to the Bengals. Gets a pick six against his uh, his former team. The five year NFL vet said he'd never before been in his football career or had a had a pick six in his football career, even dating back to Pee Wee football. And he got it against is that Big right? Ben. I guess right. How That's the what hell Pete is wrote that here. Even possible? How is that possible? Um, so, so even I had a pick six in a Pee Wee football. You did? I did. I did. I had multiple. <laughs> I was like mi- the Deion Sanders of <laughs> Pee Wee football. <laughs> Mystery calling. Uh, uh, so, so here's the deal. Like yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. right? We were talking about them, and uh, you said something that kind of shocked me, and I think it shocked a lot of other people. Uh, you said that of all the teams in this division, and maybe we shouldn't be shocked, but you said Cincinnati has the least amount of questions yeah. of any team here. They can run the ball. Joe Mixon, we saw that, 165 yards. You believe in their quarterback. And I guess that means you, you believe in the coaching staff can figure out ways to get it done? As long as they stay patient with the run game. That was the one thing I feel like they got a, got away from a little bit before the bye week where it became – I got a little worried where I was like, oh, here's, here we are, Joe Burrow, 46 times a game throwing the ball. That, that, to me, is not taking advantage of all they had to offer. The last two weeks, what they've done, yes, I'm, I'm giving their coaching staff. And I think their defense has made adjustments, too. Like, they self-scouted themselves during the bye week to realize, wait, there's some things we got to fix on both sides of the ball. And we're seeing, you know, the, the fruits of that labor um, yeah. the last two weeks with, you know, 73-23 to 23 against the Raiders and the Steelers. Last thing on the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, okay. Tom, 27-316. Said after the Steelers getting embarrassed this weekend, an increasingly frequent occurrence. Yeah. Is there a scenario where mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin moves on and a new head coach quarterback partnership comes in for next year? P.S. Love the pod. 
the only way is through. Oh, look at this guy. I love hey. it. Uh, it's a great question. It really is. I don't. I think I think Mike Tomlin will die in Pittsburgh if they allow him Jeez. to. I mean, we really we are, are getting right. right. But I mean that he'll really... either die himself or at the hands of someone. Oh my god! <laughs> I know no. we're killing we're killing it today, <laughs> uh, literally. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think he's going to leave Pittsburgh. I don't. I think it's one of his dream spots. It's one of the top organizations in football. You got great ownership support. They let him do his thing, even though they're there in the building. Yeah. Yeah, you know you got to perform for the Roonies and be on your game. But I don't see him moving on. I don't. And I still think there's a lot of pieces for the future to look good. So what I'll say to that question is not a new coach-quarterback combination. I think it's going to be the same coach, but they're going to go out. And I've said this, and I've, i got a few people in the NFL world that have kind of led me down this path that I trust. They're going to make a play for one of these big quarterbacks next year. I've been led to believe that that's going to happen. Now, Deshaun I don't know who, Watson, right? Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm. I mean, I don't know who Jimmy else. Garoppolo. We're, we're missing somebody else. I feel like that uh, is obvious, but either way, I, I have gotten the sense that they still think they're a team with Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and a young Najee Harris and some few young offensive linemen and Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Fryermuth, where they don't want to. I don't think they want to just start over from scratch. You got a lot of pieces that are still mm-hmm. good, right? I mean, just the names I named right there, I think made you go, yeah, you're right. They're kind of yeah, good, right? Right. So I feel like they're going to go, no, we just need to get a quarterback, a different quarterback in here, maybe add another piece or two to the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to go, we're back, baby. We're the Steelers. Um, but for this year, they're not going to be back. And I think I've seen enough, like I said, to say they're dead. D E D. Dead. 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 Do you not know that movie either? They're gonna go. They're gonna go try to get all those quarterbacks. They're gonna end up with a forty-something-year-old Matt Ryan going in <laughs> next year. And they go, well, we got we got one guy. Who knows? Maybe he's got one more year left. Uh, so Wait, a big win for yeah, the Bengals. I want to say one more thing about the Bengals. Yeah. Just that you know, my the comment you said that I said as far as that. The, yeah, you know, you look at the AFC. Yes. I mean, we know the Browns have issues. Issues. You know, you, we've seen their defense fall apart at times. We've seen the offense, like last night, it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, the pass game can't stand alone. You know, the Ravens, I know mm-hmm. they're 8-3. and three. It's the most unbelievable 8-3 and three I've ever fucking seen. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'll say. It's the most unimpressive 8-3 and three ever. I mean, yeah, they won last night, but I mean, we can't, it wasn't pretty. How many times have they done that this year? We talked to that before we went on air last night. It's just, they could easily be three and eight. And I don't know, easily, but you see a scenario where that could happen. I mean, they can certainly easily be five and six. 100%. That for sure. I mean, so I look at it that way, you know, and then of course, Pittsburgh, we just discussed them. The Bengals, did you hear me state this to Drew Brees during. Earlier in the day, because what? what? Well, he we kind of went over. We were talking about this, and I was yeah. like, I think the Bengals are the team I trust in the AFC North. And he's like, Well, why? And I kind of stated like what what you stated for me: right. run game, quarterback, right, offensive line a little bit better, weapons on the outside, pretty good cover guys, two two big run stoppers in the middle, mm-hmm. defensive ends. You know, to me, there's just not that glaring weakness. I'm not saying they're perfect, but all the other three teams in the division have a glaring weakness, and the Bengals don't for my money. And that's mm. where I just think they can be dangerous down the stretch and here. he goes, who day? And you go, who dad? Who dad? Uh, who dad? Oh, <laughs> we were confused with that yesterday, me and Matt Casey. We were like, wait, are the Bengals who day or who dad? <laughs> I, know. I know. We need a, a chart in that room as we're watching all the games. Unstoppable yesterday, uh, the Bengals. All right, so, so. so you kind of touched on the Ravens and Browns Joes. there. That was our... Uh, Sunday night game, and that leads off today's edition of Damn OK, presented by Under Armour. Damn. 
I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. So, damn okay. We got some young defenders Good. who broke out in I a like couple this. of our games. And so we'll start with uh, our Sunday night football game, Ravens and Browns, who, who the best game of the day. We always say that because it's our game, right? It's just always the best game of the day. There are a few We don't errors. have to say that. No, we have. We're, yeah. It's not in my contract. They didn't specifically say, you have to call our game the best in the day. All right, so if you don't, I have to cover for you (laughs) because it's in my contract. Okay. (laughs) Uh, No, it was was an ugly game, very ugly game, very easy for us to admit at times with a lot of turnovers. Crazy. It was good for Tyus Bowser and Adafi away for the Ravens. I mean, like, away was all over the – it's like every time I was watching the game, it was like away, away, away. He was all over the place. And and, um, so the Ravens defensively – yeah, they made a lot of – I mean, it almost is more impressive because Lamar had that bad game throwing the, the picks, the four interceptions. No doubt. But they were able to hold the Browns to 10 points who have their own issues. Uh, but what do you think about those two players specifically? Well, uh, the, the, they're like – they pop, like you said. Tyus Bauer, Bowser, I don't know what I want to – this is what, year four maybe out of Houston? And I wondered whether he was ever going to turn the corner and really be a player for them at any point. This year, it's just consistently gotten better to where – yeah, he's he's a player on the edge. Got some size. He's athletic. They need some speed up front, and that's where like him and and Odafi away really like you know to me change their defense a little bit because yeah for the last few years they've kind of been a big lumbering slow front seven, but now when you got Patrick Queen in the middle and those two guys on the edge, you know along with the big guys in the middle, it gives their defense a little bit of a different look. And they're versatile, both of them. Not only can they rush the passer, but they're that Leonard Floyd-ish hybrid guy, too, where they can drop back and be very comfortable in pass coverage and long and can really change direction well. So that's where they have great value to a guy like Wink Martindale, who has a lot of creative defenses and ways to blitz guys and drop guys and do all that. But, hey, I think Away has superstar talent. Yeah, like That, that to me. And I, I think that was something I said during the draft process. You know, just to be that big and as strong as he is and still, yeah, he's not like the thickest guy in the world, but he's got long, he's long levers, and to run the way he does, and he's physical. I mean, he brings it. To me, he has superstar potential. Tyus Bowser is just yeah, another, you know, Ravens pillaging the earth for the biggest, baddest mofos on the planet. And they got a, a guy that's going to be a good edge guy for them for the future. Yeah, Bowser's in his fifth season, signed his a fifth season. four-year, okay. $22 million extension this offseason. Oh, this is so smart. That could be a good See, they saw it coming, and they went, let's get him now. Get him for the low in case he ends up, like, getting nine or ten sacks this year mm-hmm. and, you know, wants a ton of money. If we ever have a game where Lamar throws four picks, all when targeting Mark Andrews, which is kind of crazy, crazy, um, we're going to need that defense. So what would you make of the, the offensive side there for the Ravens? I mean, at the end of the game, Lamar was talking to Catherine Tappan, and he was like, I'm I love bes- it. I'm beside myself. Yeah. He almost couldn't speak. Yeah. He's like, I want to say a whole lot more, but I probably shouldn't. Uh, he was just so... I, it was, he was like trying to scratch. He's like, how is this happening? Yeah, I think he was in shock. You how know? did it happen? You know, he just lost control of the ball once or twice. Um, didn't see middle-of-the-field defenders. I think that's the big thing. You know, he had two down the middle that were kind of, like, egregious, right, where you're going, like, man, you know, one where he was, like, looking to his right and he came back right to the middle, and he just never saw the defender. I can't remember which one was which anymore at this point. Um, 
So he had that one. He had the one to the like center left that kind of got tipped in the air and then intercepted. Which was hey, that was that was dicey too. There was a lot of bodies in there. You know, he has the third one to Mark Andrews on the right middle where Andrews broke out and he kind of threw it inside, and that was just either miscommunication or he just missed the throw. Period. And then he had the post route, great interception deep down the field, a little bit like we saw with Antoine Winfield and the Colts. He had, remember, he had Mark Andrews versus John Johnson, yeah. and it looked like it was about to be pass interference, but John Johnson just got his head around yeah. and made a miraculous interception. I don't blame that on, on, on Lamar. You know, that, that to me is more times or not, it's going to work out in his favor. Throw it up to my awesome tight end one on one with a safety downfield. Good play by John Johnson. But though they just have a magic about them, the Ravens, where. Just they don't give up. They're, they they know how to win football games and battle. And then when you're playing another team who, you know, seems to find ways to not win games or mess up in like close games, like we saw them do against Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. You know, not even have a game against New England. I mean, just get totally blown out of the water. And then yesterday, you know, my pet peeves with Cleveland yesterday. I mean, hey. Baltimore was trying to serve the game up on a platter for you, and you guys kept going, fuck that platter. Let me get, get, get it away. We don't want free food. We How so? What I were mean, they doing? Missed field goal. Hmm. 12 people on the field on a fourth and four on a punt. Not only 12 people on the field, 12 people argue with the ref because they didn't let you substitute, didn't even recognize they had 12 people before the stoppage, kept the 12 people on, and then got penalized. Like, what? So we have that. Then we have, hold on, I want to make sure I get all these straight. Then we have, we're driving the ball, we're doing some good things. Let's put Jarvis Landry at quarterback. And, you know, like, to me, this is where it's stupid, too, because, like, this is where it's like, I don't know, were you watching the game last week? I know last week Jarvis Landry got the ball at the quarterback position and scored a touchdown. He had a 16-yard run. Great play. Great play. Against the Lions, Didn't, but still a good play. Wasn't drawn up that way. No, It was correct. an individual great play where your scheme and the play you thought was going to work didn't fucking work. So let's go back to it against the Ravens. Oh, and this time, let him hold it like he's Fran Tarkenton, and he's going to make a read like he's a quarterback. Oh, he gets strip sack fumbled? Is that right? No. No. You mean it, it worked against the Lions, but not against the Ravens? No. <laughs> so then we have that. Then, then we get the interception from Lamar, you know, and I know I'm missing and paraphrasing here a little bit. I mean, Baker Mayfield got Kareem Hunt. It's going to be a, we're going to show this play on on Wednesday and what the fuck happened. He's got Kareem Hunt middle screen, walk in touchdown, or he's going to be down to the two yard line and the ball falls out of his hands. I mean, so again, it's like even when they're given some light at the end of the tunnel, Cleveland still messes it up. And right now, yeah, they're frustrating to me. Cleveland is frustrating to me. The question that everyone in Cleveland is asking, right? This is the one question. This is basically the one question. Sober Wrestling asks us, should the Browns bench Mayfield and play Keenum? No. After the game, Baker said he felt better. Yeah, he says this is good. He didn't get any setbacks. Right. No, I'm not going to say. I don't know if it's going to be that any better with Case Keenum. I don't. You know, I mean, will he make the mistakes Baker Mayfield will make? I, yeah, probably not. Okay, so that's one thing. I mean, again, I'm just thinking about this now and kind of flushing this out live on the pod here. Yeah. Case Keenum, though, I don't think is going to deliver some of the big plays Baker is capable of making. But Baker hasn't made that many big plays lately. 
So that's where it's like on the coaching staff to kind of have a feel for what you're putting out on the field and not let like the players tell you what to do. Baker's going to mm-hmm. tell you he's okay no matter what. You know, he doesn't want to give Case Keenum a chance to play and what, get on a hot streak and all of a sudden yeah. they win two games without him and a year where he's hoping to get a contract and all that. So um, that that's up for them to figure out. I, that's a tough one for me to answer. Yeah. It really is. It seems like Baker's Baker is still, off his game a little bit. He's off There's his no game, doubt. certainly, but he does seem like to be a leader on that team. Uh, that's and, what and, I mean. There's an edge he brings. There is a presence. And what's that signal it sends if you're going with Case Keenum? There's going to be a segment of the locker room that goes like, oh, we're screwed. Like this year. I mean, it, like, it's, or like, what's wow, going on at quarterback? It's, it's you're bad. right. There's questions you know, are going to come out. It's gotten so bad that yeah. now we're going with Case Keenum and, right. and we are now screwed. Where it's like with Baker there, it's like, all right, we can still get next week we can get back on track. Next yes. week we, we can get back on track. Um, didn't get it with the running game this week, which was surprising uh, for a Kevin Stefanski Browns team here with Chubb and Hunt. 17 rushes, 40 yards, 2.4 yards per carry, all the lowest yeah. in a Browns game under Stefanski. Uh, give some credit to the Ravens there. And so let's yeah. – uh, Ravens got big people on D. They do. And, again, it's just another thing here again of – like this is where I'm mad. I picked the Browns, right? I kind of wanted to pick the Ravens. Well, you, you kind of had it both ways on the broadcast. Well, I you know. Did the, you did the classic, I would like to pick the Ravens. Well, I was making fun of myself. But because I'm so, I've been so bad, right. I need to catch up to everyone else right. who's picking the Ravens. It's so not really why. I lied to America right there. Oh, you really did think the Browns were going to win. I did. I picked Cleveland. I picked my games real on Thursday. That's I want right. to be right, right on the podcast. You so do. I wasn't like changing my mind. I was just having fun in the fact that I was 4-3 and three at one point, and now I'm 4-9. and nine. I've lost six in a row, <laughs> and it's embarrassing. Yeah. And it's and my my son's embarrassed by it lately. Yo. Like he's embarrassed by it. He's he's not gonna. He's be able like to go to rooting school. for my team to win because he's like, Dad, you're you're in last. You know, there's he's yeah. got that one classmate that's keeping track now. Oh. You know, I mean, I've got ta- I got a text from Warren Sapp the other night that said, Oh no, uh, DFL, which means dead fucking last question mark. He put oh, DFL. No, yeah. Yeah, is that an so, acronym you just know from being in the league? Uh, How do you know that? Yeah, I would not have any dead idea. fucking last. Yeah, yeah, DFL. yeah that's definitely a of football saying i oh, feel wow. but either way i don't know i just knew warren sap it wasn't going to be like anything roses yeah. or red and violets or blue i knew that so here's the deal yeah. next game pete's got a good suggestion yeah next game philip picks the game put it on him okay okay so maybe he, i'll do that if he can and say that well no, what if you just say it on tv see, this is the good thing too i've had some friends who are like dude you're horrible this week yeah. just go with the raiders over the chiefs okay Go with the Raiders. Yeah. It's, they're they're going to inside pick. I'm like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is so fucking easy, isn't it? Uh-huh. These Sunday picks. It's really easy. Right? So they all feel the pain a little bit. No, but where I'm mad a little bit about the matchup that I didn't see in this game is yes. I, this is where I'm stupid and I need to listen to myself more. What do I always say about Cleveland when they can't run the ball? What do you say? I just say their pass game can't stand alone, right? They can't seem to ever really generate or sure. get offense going. They can't really – there's nothing there. With a defense like Baltimore that's not great, but has a great coach in my opinion, and then does have big people up front, like where I'm mad is I didn't see that, like, wait, there's not much to worry about in the past game. So Wink Martindale is going to have some things to go one more egg in the stop the run basket because he's going to feel like, wait, I, there's nothing that scares me. Schematically, they're kind of simple. So well, why do I got to play cover two and be so worried about it, right? Yeah. That's where I'm mad I messed that up. And, yeah, those are the concerns. I mean, 18 for 37 against a Ravens defense that's not good against the pass. I mean, th- those numbers are a little concerning, just not on Baker Mayfield all the way there either. It's it's the whole team. It's the offense. It's the receivers. It's everybody. So let's take a look at the total picture in the AFC North here, thanks to our friends over at Points Bet. 
live your bet life, they like us to say. Uh, The division winners, the odds there. Uh, So the Ravens, overwhelming favorite right now. Minus 165 at 8-3, and three, a game up on Cincinnati, who's plus 190. Um, I, I, you know what? I'm a little, you know, they got the game advantage over the Bengals. Yeah. But to your point, the Bengals seem right now to have fewer questions. Bengals than beat them head any up. Other team. Beat them head up. Yeah. I think that might be some good money to go on the Bengals to win this division. What yeah, do you think? You're, you're feeling the logic. Uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. you, you get the better odds, and I think you might get the better team. Well, I, yeah, that's what I mean. I, it's certainly very close. You know, it, it, it is. And like I said, I, there's less things about the full team that, you know, worry me on the Bengals side as compared to the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, the one, the great thing, they just, they have a belief. They're the Ravens. Yes, They're battle-tested. They're just, they get on a field and they go, we're the Ravens. We're going to find a way to win this game. And there is something to that. The Bengals are just getting to those infant stages of that. Like, wait, we, yeah, we, we are going to win this game. Right? That's right, guys. <laughs> Let's go win. Sure. They're just getting used to that. There's something to that. I agree. But, you know, okay. So you look at that. Like, here, let's let's hit the schedule real quick here. Just like Cleveland, they got the Ravens, the Raiders, the Packers, the Steelers, the Bengals. You know, uh, it's tough schedule. All these guys got tough schedules, mm-hmm. but I don't see that going in their favor. The last five games, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's I, Cleveland's schedule. There? Yeah, that's Cleveland's schedule. Okay. I see that two and three ish. Maybe I'm going to say to throw that okay. out there. All right. See that. So. You know, again, the, the Ravens game after the bye is going to be incredibly intense. When you have to play a team back-to-back. That is crazy. And you sit there for a week and have to, like, just ruminate in it. And, you know, you watch the yeah. film, and now you're going to prepare. That's going to be personal. And then if you lose to them again, that's oh, a blow. Yeah, they're right? going to be mad week 14. So that's going to be fun to watch. Okay. All right, so there's Cleveland. Let's go to Baltimore, Pete. Baltimore, oh you know, Pittsburgh this week. You know, it's a you know, rivalry game. I understand that. That'd be interesting, but man, that's that's, it's no, that's not easy. That's not easy at all. I mean, not easy at all. That is that's tough. I mean, I, again, those last four, they could go any way. Yeah, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Yeah, I mean, they could lose four in a row right there. Who knows who will be playing for the Steelers Week 18? Right. All right, Pete. Mike, let's Tom, go to, Mike let's Tomlin go might be playing at defensive end. At <laughs> I that mean, point. yeah. Well, and their defense is certainly something to worry about. Pittsburgh schedule. You know, the Ravens. The Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens. I would like to state for the second time in this podcast, it's over. Okay, yes, it's over. I think it's over. You know, I, I don't see a lot of wins there for Pittsburgh and the way they're playing football right now. And trust me, I have a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh way. Now you get to Cincinnati and that schedule. You know, and again, not that this is easy either. Yeesh. Chargers, 49ers at Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs at Bron- that might honestly might be that the might, hardest one. That might be the hardest one. It's up there. I know. I it's 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 brutal. Oops. It's brutal. I know. That's where it's it's tough to really pick it. But you know, yes, they got they got some home games. That that's one good that thing. Three out of six at home. 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs at home. Yeah, and Pete brings up a good point. Does home field really matter anymore? No, it doesn't. He's right. It does not matter. But that's Why is where... That? Why doesn't it matter anymore? Just cause... Well, I mean, the last two years, the home, the road teams are winning more than the home teams. Yeah, you know, last year was different, though. COVID. I know. 
I think this year this is still year continuing. Because uh, of the Delta variant. It's still hanging out. <laughs> or the Omicron. Yeah, what is it? Omicron? No, I don't know. I mean, yes. I'm going to choose to ignore that. I respect it, but I don't fear it, and we'll just go on with life. You know what? I don't even respect it. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Fine. I will battle it. Uh, the Omicron virus strain. Screw you. Yeah. We yeah. don't respect you on the don't, Chris Sims we, you, podcast. You, you will get no respect from no the respect Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. Okay. Yes. So, But either way, we see all their schedules are tough, right? They all were tough. But I'm just going to go with the Bengals and the team that I think is the most well-rounded. All right. All yeah. right. There you hear it. Thanks to our friends at PointsBet for giving us, the, uh, giving us the odds and giving us a good discussion there. Uh, a final damn okay here. Man, man. Dude, I have something i got to read here. Oh, Can you sorry. stop hogging yeah. the mic? Sorry, Jeez. Sorry. I almost man. wanted to. You're right. You're right. I put some Steph ahead, I got ahead of myself. He runs the show. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Points Bet, we're always thankful for their sponsorship. Yes. And uh, if you're in an eligible state, Points Bet has an exclusive sign up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. You hear that? Points Bet has an exclusive offer for unbuttoned listeners. <laughs> yeah, that you can't miss, and I almost missed it. You almost missed Can it. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's in big yellow writing, too. That's what's scary. <laughs> Download the Points Bet app. Use code UNBUTTONED, yeah. all caps, okay? Well, no. well we don't know about that. Well, but we do know. It doesn't need to be all caps. It doesn't need to be all caps. Now, okay. can you go a combination? Like you see sometimes when they do the SpongeBob meme where the right. guy's like all kind of being yeah, weird. And I don't Upper know lower, either. upper lower. You don't risk it. Either all right. go all upper or all lower, I think. Okay. All right. Let's, let's do that. So yeah. download the PointsBet app. Use code UNBUTTONED. All capital or all lowercase. <laughs> and then, to, uh, to, all right, so let me say that again. Download yeah. the PointsBet app. Use yeah. code on button to yes. sign up. Yes. There we go. Exactly. Bet $1 on any NFL team and get $125 in free bets if a point is scored. Right, so you bet on any game. any Pick any game, and if they score one point in the game, well, which is impossible. So, so just, just score two points in a game, that's it. If it ends 2 nothing, you still win $125. That's right. So, I mean, as long as you don't pick, like, the Jets, you got a chance to your team to have points, I mean, for the most part. Yes. <laughs> All yeah. right? And then, don't just bet this football season. Live your bet life yes. with points bet. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if that was a good read or no, not. Good, it was a little yeah. all over well, the place. I, 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 but I, we threw, had fun. I threw you off. I threw you off by trying to go past it. But make sure you do that. That's a free $125 yeah. with our friends over at PointsBet. Now I can move on to the damn okay of the Broncos and Chargers game. What a game. What a win for the Denver Broncos. Patrick Sertain, who I do hear some people say Sertan. I, I, but I often go with Sertain. I know. You know what? I'm not really 100% sure either. And Pete? The, you know, I, I always called his dad's Patrick Sertain. Yeah, but, but it could be ma- Sertan. I've heard right. some people say Sertan. Yeah, I could be and wrong And if he's going to be a damn okay, I feel like we should... We should probably get it right. Yeah, but I think there's some question out there. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, uh, you know what? Maybe we just don't know right hey. now. We have to live with the uncertainty out in the world right now. Yes, we do. Either Guy's way, a baller. no matter how you pronounce it, yeah. he was awesome. Two interceptions, one in the end zone, the other one, he took it to the other end zone. Uh, Pete says his dad was Sertain. Right. So if he wants to follow in his father's footsteps, he can continue to do the Sertain. Right. We'll keep on this story. It's developing. Um, but uh, he uh, he has uh, passed defense in every game since week four. Uh, he has – some people criticize the Broncos for taking him there. You know, there's some quarterbacks available. You could have had maybe the quarterback of the future in Justin Fields, but – well, he proved his worth in that game against one of the quarterbacks of the future in Justin Herbert. What'd you think of him? Yeah, well, you know, I think first off the logic there and the the like they there was Teddy Bridgewater was already there, right? 
in Denver before that. They had already figured out they want to go that way. Vic Fangio, of course, he probably felt like his butt might have been might be on the hot seat this year. He didn't want to go the young rookie quarterback route. He wanted to have somebody that he felt like he could kind of win with right now. So I think that's what led them, you know, to Patrick Sertain. He's a phenomenal football player. He is. He's been better than I even thought he was going to be, you know, Real, coming out yeah. of Alabama. He has. Um, I, I guess what I, I impresses me, I, I knew he could play. He's got great technique. He's got size. He's got ball skills. I think there's a little bit more raw physical explosiveness than I may, might have given him credit for. And that's where he's been really special. Um, but both interceptions he had yesterday were big. I mean, of course, the pick six, we know that was big. Kind of put the game out of reach. See you later, uh, Los Angeles. But I think the first one was really bigger. This is a game that had some weird ebbs and flows, Ahmed. Like, uh, Denver dominated early. Chargers offense couldn't do anything. First touchdown drive by the Broncos was kind of a field position drive where they pinned the Chargers in their own own end zone. They got the ball at the 50-yard line. They go down. Teddy Bridgewater has a scrambling touchdown run. Nice job by him. You know, the next, you know, they score another drive, you know, a, a little while longer in the football game, which was just a nice substantial drive. But my point is, like, the Chargers could not do anything on the offensive side of the ball in the first half. And then... Teddy Bridgewater got banged up, gets crushed by a blindside blitz by Derwin James, and you know Drew Locke had to come in, and he just he throws one of the dumbest interceptions of Sunday. I mean, again, if he was trying to get anybody to get confidence in him to be a starter one day, he is squashing that confidence in a hurry. Hmm. Tries to throw a sidearm and like a RPO with nobody open, and tried to make like the greatest throw ever in a game where you're dominating. And that kind of sparked the Chargers, gave them the short field. They get a touchdown before the half, and you're sitting there going, oh, no. And then really into the third quarter, the Chargers were kind of controlling the football game. And I went, man, it just kind of feels like the Chargers are going to win an ugly game here. But um, the, the, it's 14-7, and the Chargers are driving, and Herbert throws the interception in the back of the end zone to Sertain's first interception. And to me, that, like... It took the momentum back the other way, and it was it was over from that point on. Yeah, it never felt like the game was the same. Denver went down, scored a touchdown, and uh, that was all she wrote. Yeah, I think that did kill the Chargers. Right? The first two drives of the second half, an eleven play drive, missed field. You missed goal. the field goal. That's right. Thirteen play happened. drive. Yeah. Interception. Third, interception. Yeah, it was a third and 14 drive. on an interception. He ran out to his right, and he grossly underthrew the ball. But you're right. So there's your, they were the opportunities. They had the momentum. They're controlling the game. That interception happens, and Teddy Bridgewater come back in the game and leaves him down on a 10-play, 80-yard drive to, to go up 21-7, and it was over. Good win for the Broncos. I'll be interested to see if they can do the same in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Sunday night football will be the best game of the day. They can match we'll up okay with them. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Sam Olsen wants to know, how do the Chargers not score 35 points every game with Justin Herbert as their quarterback? But, yeah, but they need – they need. this is something – You know, again, they're not a good run team, so – Teams don't care about coming up to the line of scrimmage and stopping a whole lot. Herbert's awesome. They need a real speed guy. You've heard me say this. Mike Williams is really awesome, and so is Keenan Allen. But they need a guy that can kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, take the top off the defense, stretch the field out a little bit. That's where they're, they're, they're not the same as last year. You know, last year... There was a more of an explosive down-the-field passing element to their offense. This year, it's a little too much Saints, 
ended Drew Brees' career intermediate passing, in my opinion. Mm. So there's nothing that backs you off. And then when you're playing Vic Fangio, who's a brilliant defensive coordinator when it comes to the pass game, and he's got a talented secondary to go along with it, life's going to be hard that way. So, you know, again, I've been saying this a little bit. The Chargers need another – they need to run the ball. They need a speed guy at receiver to open up the rest of their stuff. And – they got to stop. They they got to do something to push the ball or design some shot plays. It can't always be, hey Herbert, throw a great throw and make the proper read for an eight yard gain, and just go go thirty for thirty five for three hundred and five yards every game. That's just not realistic. I want to see a stat line from Herbert where he's twenty for thirty six for three ninety and three touchdowns. That's when you're uh, to me you become dangerous. I know. Hey, there's games where they'll look like they did against the Eagles a few weeks ago, where thirty two for thirty five. That's great. That's the Eagles. That's one week. We need something that lasts the whole year if you want to get in the playoffs and be a real player. Uh, so that's the answer to that question right there. Yeah, to have a 13-play drive and it only go 52 yards down the field, that's what I mean. That's, that's, big, that's just, how is that? How plays. is that? Right. Yeah. How yeah. is that? you got a quarterback who might be the best in-the-pocket passer in football right now, and we're going to continue to throw six-yard throws with him. I don't like that part of their offense. They're still 6-5, and five, though, are yeah, the Chargers, are. same as the Broncos. That AFC West Hard is going to come down into the last couple weeks of the season, it certainly seems like. Uh, a couple other young guys having big games. Jalen Phillips, damn okay. Mm-hmm. Andrew Van Ginkle for the Dolphins as they defeat the Panthers. 33-10 to 10 was the final score. Phillips had three sacks in the game, seven total quarterback pressures. Van Ginkle had four quarterback hits, seven total quarterback pressures in a game where, I mean, for four weeks in a row now, uh-huh. This Dolphins defense is uh-huh. like, yeah, that's the Dolphins defense. Yeah. Where, why did they take so long to join the 2021 NFL season? I wish I had an answer for you, but they've, they have found you know, the way they want to play for sure. You know, I, you know, some young guys, certainly. I think they had some guys in the secondary, like Byron Jones early in the year. He wasn't 100%. Xavier Howard wasn't 100% a few times during the game or during the year. So that, that, that hurt them a little bit. You know, the emergence of, like, Holland, the safety out of Oregon. There's a second-round pick. He's already one of the best safeties in football. You know, I think there's that aspect. Jalen Phillips, like, the last five weeks has, I think Pete's heard me say, has kind of come on every week where I go, ooh, ooh. And, yeah, he has a chance to be a superstar. You know, I think you just add that with, like, yeah, b flow and company have got the defensive side of the ball and exactly how they want to play this. Wait, are we going to all-out blitz? Are we going to drop out? Well, you don't know what the hell we're going to do. And then two has been very consistent, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. They're trying to run it a little. And then, man, they got a, a, a star in Jalen Waddle to where, yeah, defense, Tua don't mess it up, make a few plays here and there. And they're tough to beat right now. But, yes, I mean, they just captured this magical, maybe a little too late here in the year. Jalen Waddell, nine catches, career-high 137 yards, and a touchdown had a big, what, 57-yarder in the game. He's got yeah. the Waddle celebration. But Tua, I mean, what Tua had, what, three incomplete passes in the whole game? Four incomplete passes, mm-hmm. 27 of 31. 230 yards. And that's what it is. Look These at are it. not explosive plays. You know, the, the long one long ones are yards after the catch. There's um, only one throw past 15 yards. Yes, correct. Right. And it was incomplete. Right. So uh, this is, But this is who he is, okay. and that's fine. Is you know, it fine? Well, it's fine in, like, that you're going to have to play a style that fits that. You're going to have to be where you came from, Brian Flores. You're going to have to play Patriot football from the early 2000s a little bit. Yeah. You're not going to get like you know two a bombs away show to 
to Randy Moss or you yeah. know uh, some of those type of players. That's just not going to happen. It's not in his DNA. He's not that type of guy. But if he can play defense and you know come up with a scheme that hey he can you know make the right reads, he'll make the appropriate throws. He's a, he's very naturally natural at the quarterback position and how to play it. To where you can win it that way, but no, he's not going to be the superstar take over the game. You know that they're playing the way that they're built to play right now. You know, you block a punt that sets up your first touchdown, right? You know, okay, Cam and company make their one pass play of the whole day to Moore down the middle, sets up their touchdown, and then their defense absolutely suffocated the Carolina Panthers from there on out, and the the offense just went okay. We're, we're, our defense has got it. We're just going to be conservative, and we'll pick them apart, and eventually we'll make a play here and there, and that's that's kind of what they've been doing as of late, and it, it's going to work. It will work. You know, I think they got enough going there, but, yeah, I mean, Cam had no chance. He no. wasn't good. Both interceptions were bad, and uh, really it was it was one of those games when it was 21-7 to in the second quarter. You were like, this is over. I was seeing ghosts of Sam Darnold. In that game. That's what was happening with Cam Newton. 5 of 21, 23.8% completion percentage, a career low passer rating. That completion percentage, the lowest for a quarterback in a game who had at least 20 attempts since Joey Harrington in 2004 for the Detroit Lions. We're not even playing on the day, and they're bringing up stats about the Detroit Lions that make me feel terrible. Um, So that was... That was uh, that was incredible for uh, for for the the defense for the Miami Dolphins yeah. and, and the Carolina. I mean, it, it seems like this is not going to be in the cards for them this year. They were a, t- a playoff team in your eyes. Pete picked them to be in the playoffs. I picked them to be in the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Listen to me. That's that's the problem. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. I think that, you know where they, where. First off, you know, defense is a little disappointing. Not as dominant as I maybe would have thought it would be. You can only do it, keep it up for so long. That's right? the other problem too. It's it's like we 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 talk about this story a lot through the NFL, where defenses are statistically better than what they show. But yeah, you know, when you're out there every fourth play, it's tough to be dominant. When you're gonna get exhausted, the dam's gonna break eventually. Um, but that, yeah, the quarterback situation in Carolina, you know, I, you've heard me say many times, like. People have caught on to Joe Brady and the offense for sure. So there's that issue. Uh, and, you know, McCaffrey not being totally 100%, missing a stretch of time. I don't know. They're just all over the place right now. But yeah. the offense is their biggest issue, in my opinion. We got one more damn okay. But first, I want to let you know that we're supported by Under Armour. And just like us, Chris and myself, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They're focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Yes. Yeah. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. We're not just about the end result here, winning or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovery. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is through. That was good. Well, See, well done. We well done. You took two sync. sentences on the front that kind of well, confused me. Yeah. And I thought you were just going to keep going, so that's why I had a little delay there. Sorry. I wanted to give you time. I didn't know if you had located the copy I yet. just got there in time. See? Yeah. So it's, I, was, yeah, I was looking okay. out for you good, there. I wasn't good. trying to be a ball hog. I, like I was it. looking out for you. You're giving me the hot route. Hot route. Hot <laughs> route. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think Under Armour will ever go, we really like the read. You're doing a great job with it. Can you just not analyze how you did with the read every time? Can you just like do it and move on? Well, no. I think they'll appreciate our... 
Well, yeah, they'll, exactly. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate that we're not just about the end result, winning or glory. We want to get it right. Yeah, we want to take a look we at the tape. You know, as right. Pete says, self-scout thyself. Right we are afterwards. focused we on performing better and uh, taking our game to the next level. Let's scout the Giants here. They beat the Eagles. The G-Man! On a day where they retired a jersey, right? Or put yeah. a jersey in the what the fuck Hall of so Fame long? Ring of Honor That's what for I Michael know. Strahan. Uh, they normally don't play very well, and honestly, they didn't play very well in this game offensively, at no. least, even with the new play caller and Freddie Kitchens. Uh, but they did get that win over the Eagles. Xavier McKinney had a team-high eight tackles, interception, two passes defense. Yeah, we'll Xavier. Give him, we'll give him the, the damn okay. The but, G-Men. But I feel like that's probably all we'll talk about the G-Men to uh, Pete's chagrin here because uh, the story was uh, such a missed opportunity for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and that offense. A lot of of uh, turnovers. Yeah. Jalen Hurts had three of them. Right. And then two egregious, 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 egregious Egregious. drop passes from Jalen Rieger at the end. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it probably shouldn't have came down to that. I mean, you know, again, Philadelphia falls into that, you know, that group of teams that I feel like we talk about where if they have to depend on their pass game too much, they're not going to, they're not going to win games. They're not, you know, and they had some moments of just, again, being dominant in the run game. I mean, special that way, you know, but you know, whether it's, hey, getting a little unlucky on the first interception that we broke down on the show last night. It was pass interference. It was. He throws an in-cut. The guy kind of grabs him and slingshots himself in front, gets it. All right. The second interception, I believe, was the one at the end of the first half, right? That was that one where, you know, there's six, eight seconds left. Yeah. And now, okay, you drop back, you get the ball. You look at one read, you look at two read, and then you throw the ball away so you can still kick a field goal with two seconds left on the clock. He scrambles around, moves, throws an ill-advised pass into the front corner of the end zone. It gets intercepted, but my big thing is even if it didn't get intercepted, they weren't going to be able to kick a field goal. You know, so that was just stupid altogether. And that goes on Nick Sirianni along with Jalen Hurts and everybody that way. So, yeah, it wasn't a special day by the New York Giants, but – you know, they get the victory either way, you know, making plays and not messing up the game. You know, how many times do we say that a week where it's just one team doesn't mess it up and yeah. that's why they win. The other team, yeah, is better. But see, to me, and this is where I want to go down this path a little bit, is like this is, these are the reasons I don't want Joe Judge fired. They don't have the same – they're not in the same stratosphere of talent as the Eagles, but they beat them. They beat teams a lot and hang around against teams where I'm going to go, they're not in the same stratosphere talent-wise, but here they are, a game behind the Eagles, who have a superstar receiver, some other good receivers, the best offensive line in football, good tight end, a running quarterback, a good defensive line, a shutdown corner, and the Giants are only one game back. And to me, that's where I want to go. That's where I defend Joe Judge. You know, it's again, this the way the game was approached, the way they played it. It wasn't pretty, but they win the game against a team that's better than them. And that to me comes down to coaching. And I see that a lot from the Giants. So that's where I'm going to continue to defend Joe Judge. Okay. Do you think Sorry. you're on an island with that? Do you think I Giants on fans an island. Would, would agree with that? I am. I'm trying to talk to. I know. I mean, yes, Pete's done with them, <laughs> right? You know, but yeah. like. Let's let's not be done with him, Pete. Let's hang in there and be a little loyal with him a little bit here. He's not a total idiot buffoon. I don't get a Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer feel like I said last week. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't been perfect. I know he's made a few mistakes. I think he's probably had Jason Garrett forced fed down his throat a little bit as an offensive coordinator. And then he's got Dave Gettleman. And I mean, come on. 
I mean, I'm nice to Dave Gettleman. Most people I talk to in football are like, oh, Dave, Dave Gettleman, oh my gosh. I wouldn't have took that job if I knew he was the GM. So, like, like let's, let's, let's give it a chance here. Let's just see where it goes. All right, you've, you've changed Pete's mind. I don't know he's saying that just to please me right he now goes, for the podcast. He, yeah, he, he's, he's genuine. We'll Pete's see. a genuine man. Yeah. He, if he says it, he means it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So uh, the Giants genuinely get a win and genuinely put the Eagles' playoff hopes on ice now they are they are in they are in trouble as we thought they would be maybe a couple weeks ago they're back back in trouble once again two more games to go here uh last and pete notes probably least we got the jets versus the texans the jets get the win uh reeky leaky says what'd you think of zach wilson's first game back oh it was shaky at first yeah. it really was you know again he's gonna stop trying to be so perfect with placement of the football the thing i keep saying like where if i saw zach wilson uh, you know, again, and had a chance to talk to him again because I did see him this year at training camp. Uh-huh. I'd go like, stop trying to place the ball on the bullseye. Throw the ball through the motherfucking bullseye. Break the bullseye. That's what accurate quarterbacks do. They don't go, let me see if I can get just the right touch and trajectory to where it can go at a 70% incline and then a decline and mm-hmm. hit the bullseye. That's impossible. It's like impossible. He's too gifted that way. He's just got to let it rip a little bit more and get his legs involved there. Think he's but skittish he, from some of those early interceptions that he threw? Definitely. 100%. That scarred him. He missed a few throws. Again, he's a rookie. He hasn't played in a few weeks. He's wearing a big knee brace on his leg. Yeah. So that's always uncomfortable, too. You're dropping back, and you're like, damn, I feel like the tin man here. I don't feel the same. You know, so those things affect you. And again, like I said, you are a rookie with not the most talented offense in the world, and you haven't played football in the last, what, five weeks? So I didn't expect it to be pretty, uh, but he did finally kind of catch a rhythm and get going in the third quarter. And uh, we saw some positive plays, and you know, good for the Jets gutting out a, a good win there, you know, on the road in Houston. Yeah, and they they needed the leverage penalty on the yeah. Field goal that would have tied it. Ross the Jets Blacklock, were a field right? goal. Yeah, Ross Blacklock yeah. jumps on the, the backs of the offensive I don't, line. I don't know right. how you do that. Right. So that takes away the field goal. They extend the drive, right, and score a touchdown a few plays that later. Zach Wilson running touchdown. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, uh, had another ugly drive. You know, they got a roughing the passer, made a you know good pass down the middle, got them down there, and, you know, they found a way to get in. Zach runs it in. But, yeah, not a pretty win, but good for the Jets, you know. Those are the games where – you come away at the end of the year, uh, Houston. That was that was a fifty fifty game, and yeah, and, and in a lot of ways you go. Houston had a lead fourteen that's what three. I mean. In a lot of ways you could look at it and go, Houston might be better than the Jets right now. Sure, but the Jets found a way to kind of gut it out, make a few plays, and uh, win the football game. Giving them a lot of credit. Falcons were better than the Jaguars by a touchdown, twenty one fourteen. The final score: Cordero Patterson, Man. sixteen carries, one hundred eight yards, two touchdowns, all career highs for him. When he, I mean, like he's back healthy now. Like his second touchdown, it was like shot out of a cannon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's 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 a special talent. Always been a freak show. It's the reason he's the number one pick, or a first round pick, you know, coming out of Tennessee. And to me, he's he's the the icing on the cake for the Atlanta Falcons in the offense. They don't have a lot to offer, and when he's not in there, they're they're not a very good offense. They're not. 
You know, but he keeps you know, a little bit like the Debo Samuel thing, where mm. you just go like, wait, what personnel are they in? Are they lining him up receiver? Is he playing running back here? We don't know what to do on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, good, efficient first drive of the game. Uh, James Robinson fumbles on the Jaguars' first or second drive of the game. They get a short field touchdown. They're up 14 to nothing. And, yeah, they made life hard on on uh, Jacksonville and company who kind of hung around and, yeah, made a game of it eventually. Uh, but being down 21-3, to you know, I don't care how good your defense plays in the second half. It's hard to overcome that. And they're 5-6 and six now. They the are. Falcons. I mean, they're like in it somehow. They're, 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 well, they're, like, they're like this handful of teams in football that we've talked about where you're just like, man, they have flaws, but they kind of beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Uh-huh. And... You know, they won one or two games where they probably shouldn't have, but they did. And here they and are. Here at they are right. Yeah. It's like I feel that way about them. You know, the Denver Broncos a little bit. The Raiders. You know, who else yeah. do I want to put in that mix there? You know, Philadelphia maybe, where it just it's a little all over the place. It's hard they're to get a there. feel for them on a weekly yeah. basis. I you guess feel is like what they're I'm gonna to drop say. out, but they're still kind of there. Yeah, yeah, here yeah. we are week twelve. No doubt. no doubt. Uh could these two teams drop out? Our Monday night football game. Points bet gives the odds on this one. Seahawks versus Washington. Seattle is, what, favored by half a point? So, oh, Washington's favored by half a point. Almost a pick em, but uh, the home team is favored. Over-under is 47.5, so don't figure to be a, a too high scoring. I like Washington. You're on record as picking Washington yeah. by two. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like uh, the only reason Seattle's even closely is only a, a half a point underdog. It's because of Russell Wilson. Everyone's just like, well, it's Seattle. And they've been good for 10 years. And I was just like, well, they're not good. I don't know. I'm gonna, Washington's a better team than them right now. Washington's defense has played well. Um, Heineke and the offense, they have a little balance. I mean, they can run the ball. And we know we've talked about him a few times the last few weeks. He makes some plays in the pass game every week. Mm-hmm. McCorin is a superstar. You know, so I, I just look at that and I just go to Seattle with that defense. It's, yeah, it's been a little bit better. Okay. But the offense has not been good, and I don't really know what to look at on the offense other than, oh, Russell's going to have to make some plays tonight for them to win. And because of that, I'm going to go with Washington in a tight one. Washington to cover, and you're going with the under. You're going 23-21. to Oh, you are. I, I, so you're right. I am going four total points in a low-scoring game in Washington. All right, well, it's been a good week. Good said, week. Uh, like, eventually, we're going to get to more games that don't really mean anything. We we had a couple maybe Falcons and Jaguars, but yeah. even with the Falcons, Jets, you mentioned Texans. they're five and six. Well, I know you can't count them out yet. They're still, <laughs> I mean, damn, half the league still, and <laughs> more than half the league still in the the playoff race. That's yeah. what's amazing. It's a great year. It really is. I mean, this is what the NFL wanted. I don't know if it's necessarily great in the fact that like I do like when there's like two teams that really stand out as the best. Yes. Uh, but, but this we is kind of, ha- I mean, Packers have, have that, been good. Packers yeah, yeah. or uh, Bucks. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's AFC, not the you dominant really team. Have, yeah. AFC, you have it's it. It's all over the all. place. It is. So that's where uh, it's going to be an exciting finish here down the stretch in December. All right. Well done. Thank you. Well we're, done by we're, you. We're done hanging out. We've been hanging out for like 24 straight hours. Yep, that's it. I'm it. sick of talking to you. It's official. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Peace out. Hope you're good. Enjoy the Monday Night Football game. Send in questions to What the Fuck Happened Wednesday podcast. That will be coming. I want to, there's a lot of things I'd like to break down, so hopefully we'll get to it all. But please send in your questions for that. Uh, be safe out there. And we, as always, are very thankful for uh, our sponsorship uh, from Under Armour. Yes. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Chris Sims, Ahmed Farid, peace out. Clap it. Kristen, the only way is through. Oh, the hell with them. See ya. Bye.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.